Hello, roomies. We're back. I'm Maria. I review films for like almost 20 years, and this is Lindsay. She has yes. a degree in film. We were real college yes. roommates, and we're here to review the movies that we missed along the way. And this week was my choice. I chose An American Tale from 1986 uh, because I I grew up with it. Like we had it on VHS, and I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Like a <laughs> yeah, Lindsay's never seen it, so this was her first time seeing it. Um, and of course, I rewatched it too because it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, but yeah, American Tale, I watched a lot, like Disney, you know, some Disney films, and then also like Howard the Duck, I watched a lot too. Mm-hmm. Which, if you look at it now, you probably wouldn't let your kid watch it. But it was just silly because it's just a duck. But anyway, you know, I didn't know anything about yeah. Howard the, the comic book character. But yeah, so American Tale is again came out in 1986. It's an animated film by uh, it's one of Spielberg's first animated films. It was directed by Don Bluth, who went on to do a whole bunch of other animated films that you would also know, like Anastasia is one of the films that he did. They were like the major, the other major animation company that wasn't Disney, basically. Um, so, you know, when they got into Spielberg, they, they formed that company. I think it's called Amblition. Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. But, yes. So, in 1986, I actually watched it on VHS. We didn't go to the movies to watch that. Because, like, 1986, I would have been, like, two for most of the year. So. Um, I, yeah, you're probably right. Let me see when it came out. Uh, no, we would have been three. It came out in November. Oh, yeah. November. Yeah, that's right. But I remember it on VHS, like four or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, Bluth also did The Land Before Time, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, yes, I remember growing up with those two. Um, I had the I had the uh, Land Before Time little like toys you would get from McDonald's and stuff when they were doing the the Happy Meals, the toys. Mm -hmm. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I watched that even though it would scare me. When they would melt, like, at the end, you know? Like, he melts away or whatever. He they get uh, yeah. in the acid and he melts. And it's mm-hmm. just, ooh, it's, ooh. That and, like, the end of uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because they open the Ark and then, like, all the spirit comes out and melts the Nazis. And it's just, ooh. That's <laughs> scary as a kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Spend so, your fear. Yeah, I mean, seeing people melt, what? Yeah. I'm four yeah. years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, so an American tale uh, is surrounds this uh, family of mice from Russia. They're Jewish, uh, Jewish Russian mice, and their home is burned down by some Cossacks who come in and like burn the entire Jewish village, and so. Uh, you know, they're like, they're, they're fed up with it, and so they're going to go to America because in America, there are no cats in America, and the streets are paved with cheese, right? Sounds amazing, right? <laughs> so the same kind of story, lots of immigrants got told about America around the same time, because it's 1885. You know, the streets are paved with gold was one of the things people would say, right? So they're going to mm-hmm. go to America because there's no cats and everything, and um, it's a family of four of them, Mama, Papa, Ta- Tanya, and Fievel, of course. And Fievel is a little adventurous. 
right? He he he's really excited by new things, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to get on the ship, and he's stopping every two seconds, asking, "What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that?" You know, adventuring around the ship by himself and everything. And eventually, he gets separated from his family by doing this. Gets so right before they get to America, he gets tossed overboard during a storm. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he washes up, and he runs into this pigeon, this French pigeon, who is helping to assemble the Statue of Liberty, apparently. And um, I was trying to figure out that accent. I can not yeah. like... <laughs> He's French. French pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, Five Loaves feeling really down and everything. And Pigeon tells them, you know, never say never. You know, you'll find your family. I know where to look. And so he has Five dropped off right where all the immigrants get off the boats to register. Uh, but unfortunately, he drops a little short. So in this uh, rat nest, the rat's called Warren. Oh, it's, your sound is sounding weird. Is it? Mm-hmm. I haven't changed anything. Okay, now it sounds fine. Now it sounds fine? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Fievel finds out that he's in New York and everything, and he and he gets dropped off to try and find his family. He's accidentally dropped in this rat's nest, this rat by the name of Warren T, who is, like, always trying to scam, trying to get some money for something. I don't know what a rat's supposed to do with money, but... <laughs> You know, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, Warranty's like, oh, yeah, I know where your family is. Follow me. You know, everything. Drops him off at a sweatshop. And uh, he sells his labor to this dude. And he's like, yeah, just make sure you send me his wages. You know. And mm-hmm. so he's trapped in this sweatshop. And one of the things that I like about this movie is, like, during, like, all the steps, like, the mice are the focus. Mice and, like, cats. Mm-hmm. It was humans along the way. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, like when they're on the ship, you'll see them like running through somebody's feet or uh, like at the um, sweatshop, you see the women like working the, the sewing machines and everything. Um, but they're just kind of background. But I love, uh, you know, the visual tie into like, this is what actual human immigrants that went through. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is they would have to do. Um, but five will hate that there, of course, because who wouldn't? And he escapes. Right, he's trying. He's he's desperate to find his family, and his father um, plays violin. Mm-hmm. And so he hears this violin, and he thinks, "Oh, it's got to be my dad." Ends up being some very rich. Because she had to be rich to have this right at this point in time to have this record player. Like mm-hmm. people didn't really have record players like that. So right. um, you know, it's actually a record player. So it's not his family. And the the, the entire time, he's always like maybe like ten feet away from his family. <laughs> at the most mm-hmm. and they keep having these right. very close misconnections kind of things. and uh, one of the things that struck me this time was like uh, they don't go looking for him because they believe he died overboard mm. right and like my sister's like he's alive I know he's alive can we just look for him couldn't you just play your violin to like try to see if he hears you something yeah. and her parents are like no yeah. <laughs> like, okay right <laughs> yeah and I thought that was like, pretty cool that she kept that she kept hope alive. Yeah, she did because she was like, "I I feel it," and her mom's like, "That'll eventually go away." And I was like, "Damn, mm-hmm. Mama." What yeah, they were pretty cold. What has she been through? Like, what? 
to say that party. that'll eventually go away. Like, have there been other fibles? What's going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or maybe just the point that, um, I mean, they're mice. Their lifespan ain't long. And then on top of that, they got cats. Yeah. So they probably are used to death by their age. You know what I mean? I mean, they were all really, really sad. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you some know, I, some hurt more than others, but yeah, yeah. And and one of the things I also like uh, is uh, like when they're on the boat, mm-hmm. um, they they think you know there are no cats in America, right? Mm-hmm. And they have like three different mice like take solos, and they're talking about like the sad things that happen to them in their countries because of mice. And so you have mice from like all over the world on the boat. Um, you've got the Mascovitzes who we're following, and then you've got mice from Italy and mice from Spain and mice from Ireland who all have stories about, you know, how mm-hmm. cats have persecuted them and killed their loved ones and whatever, and that's why they're coming to America. And it's just like, oh, man, oh, I feel so bad. Because, <laughs> I mean, life ain't everywhere. <laughs> right. Life ain't no better. No, I don't know who lied to these poor mice to tell them this. Yeah. <laughs> so he so uh Fival escapes the the um sweatshop and he actually made a friend there. Um this little other mouse named Tony who's like uh supposed to be like an Italian mouse, but like a New York yeah. Italian. Right. Yeah. The worst <laughs> New York Italian accent ever. Like it's I really bad. I would be so <laughs> and I don't it's know why it's so bad. Oh, it's and it like sounded like a girl. Like I had to go look it up because I was like, "This is a girl with a bad Italian accent," and it was. It was. It was. <laughs> I did not even cross yep. my mind. Yep. <laughs> That's not unusual, though. Um, it's not. That's why I was yeah. like, "It has to be a girl." Because Bart Simpson's played by a woman. Hasn't been played by right. a woman the entire time. And so. um, the boys on the Boondocks. Is mm-hmm. a woman. That's right, Regina King. Regina she plays King. them both. Yeah. Yep. So. I don't know what it is. But Tony, yeah, Tony, like, Tony can't ever wait. He's always like in a hurry. Right? And like, because Five was like supposed to be seven. I thought he was supposed to be like five, but he's supposed to be seven. Um, Like seven years old. So, but he's, you know, Tony's Tony's also trying to help him get back with his family. And he goes to like a rally. Uh, where this young uh, Irish mouse, Bridget, is like saying, we need to stand up against the cat, right? And mm-hmm. so Tony falls in love with Bridget and whatever. Mm-hmm. They think each other's cute. And um, Bridget knows people at uh, basically what would be like Tammany Hall for mm-hmm. <laughs> for humans. Um, mm-hmm. But they call it something else. I can't remember. Mott Street? I think. No, that's the gang. Um, but there's a bunch of, uh, you know, it's basically like Tammany Hall at the time where you have your politician who's trying to get people off the boat to vote for them. And so, you know, they, they would hook them up with all kinds of like things that they would need, housing and food and jobs and stuff like that, but also vote for me, you know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. So he takes him there oh, to see little, it was a little honest John, honest John, a politician named honest John, right. who's a drunk. Um, right, irony. Right. But uh, Fievel's family hasn't registered to vote, so Honest John doesn't know who they are. Um, so unfortunately, he's not able to help them. But while they're there, they also hear this rich mouse 
uh, talking about, you know, how we need to stand up against the cats and we need to hold a rally. And she has this accent where uh, she pronounces her R's and W's. I just thought she had a list. A list? Okay, is that what it is? I was like, is this a list? Is this an accent? I'm not sure what's happening. I, that's what I took it as, as a list. I was just like, a rich lady with a list. All right. Right. You know, because she says, we need to hold a wally. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes a little while, but they eventually understand that she means rally. And her, mm-hmm. oh, right. Her name is Gussie Ma- Mossheimer. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know they have a they have a rally with a bunch of mice to you know telling you we can't we can't let these cats walk all over us like they're so afraid of cats they can't even say the word cat too loudly because they feel like right. cats will hear them and come attack them. Um, right, it's definitely a bad word. Yeah, like you know the whole Harry Potter thing, right? With Voldemort, you can't say his name. I'll show up. You know, I have not seen Harry Potter past the first movie. So really, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that before? We could have been doing that this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Just wasn't my thing. I fell asleep. Yeah. Honestly, the first movie, the first yeah. movie's not great. The first movie's not great. They yeah. they tend to get better, um, but the first movie was a little too faithful in some ways. Mm. Something that works better for books that don't work well for movies, that kind of thing. Right, um, right. So they hold a rally to decide what to do about the cats. because uh, uh Warren Warren T the rat is like extorting them all, you know, paying asking for protection money, whatever, whatever. Mm. And like the last time you can oh he also works with this cockroach that he keeps in his pocket. This is accountant. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> He's a rat. I know. You know, <clears throat> I thought it was a good idea to watch this movie while eating breakfast. That bothered you? It, the whole <laughs> movie bothered me. I I stopped eating early. Like I'm. I Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> no, don't waste the food. Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> I have to remember that. Bit. <laughs> yeah, I was that like, is, didn't, mm. I was eating while watching it. Didn't not bother me at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did not even occur to me. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it mostly because idea. it's it's very animated. It's not made to look realistic in any kind of way. Now, if we were right. talking about like real looking kinds of things, right? Know, like, like if it was live action, I probably yeah, it probably would have no. been in my head not to even start to eat. But <laughs> me not thinking about it and then. I'm thinking about it while I'm eating, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is not a good idea." So yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be able to finish breakfast later. Yeah. No, <laughs> the food is tainted now with the memories, huh? <laughs> I mean, I I tried to pick it back up, but yeah, couldn't do it. Just start seeing visions of rats and cockroaches here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll eat breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Fievel shows up to the rally, and his family's actually at the rally. They're, like, way in the back, and his sister's trying to see the stage, but there's this lady with this big hat, and she can't see it, even though she's on her dad's shoulders. Mm -hmm. But Fievel gets to the stage, and he gives them a plan on how to deal with the cat. Um, 
and they don't even ask his name or anything. So he's like, name doesn't get announced or anything mm-hmm. like that. And Tanya can't see him. So uh, they don't even know he's there again. There, there's several scenes right. where they're so close that they don't know each other is mm-hmm. there. Um, right. And oh, when they first came in, because the family has been like checked in registered, they're not just not registered to vote yet. Uh, they changed Tanya's name to Tilly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is Tilly, that, is Tanya that exotic? Was it that exotic at the time that you couldn't think of how to spell it? So you just put Tilly? Right, right. And when they were doing that and whatnot, I was like, so is that the reason why we have a whole lot of Smiths and Williams? Oh, yes. No, that's actually true. That happened a lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they would change people's name all the time. If they were like, I don't know how to spell that, they would just put down whatever, honestly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that that's actually really very true. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, we went to New York and we visited Ellis Island, which for me I was like, "What's the point?" Um, <laughs> like, my relatives not gonna be on here. <laughs> why? Why am I here? Um, but yes, they used to do that a lot. Actually, you can see you can see it a lot because uh, you go back in time and people will have like similar sounding names, but very different spellings. Or something like that, mm-hmm. or like other government papers will say one name, but they used a different name, you know, like with everyone else. Mm-hmm. It'd be those kinds of reasons. Yeah. So uh, the mice decide they're going to take over this abandoned museum on Chelsea Pier to get their plan together. And Five was still looking for his family. He hears he's look going around. He hears his violin again. He thinks it's his dad again because apparently he's the only person in the world who plays violin. And uh, only a whole million miles, probably. And, but he follows the sound of the violin going down t- through the sewer, and he gets chased by a bunch of creepy crawlies. So yeah. I'm probably guessing that was the scene where you were like, I'm done eating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was done way before then. But, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, that, I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to eat the rest of the day. Oh, no. Not the rest of the day. That was a lot. Oh. So... He loses the creepy crawlies and he comes across a, a den, basically a gang hangout for these cats. Uh, they're the Mott Street Maulers, right? And so they're just down there, like counting their coins, playing cards, whatever. And there's a big old orange cat down there, played by Dom DeLuise. He's called Tiger. And he's bigger and fluffier than all the cats, but he's not very bright. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, while they're down there, um, Five was just looking around, looking, you know, seeing what the cats were doing, whatever. And he gets behind this glass, and the glass, unbeknownst to him, is actually used as a mirror. And there, Warren T shows up, and he's like, What is going on? Mm-hmm. And Warren T takes off his nose and takes off his hat, and it turns out Warren T is actually a cat. Mm-hmm. Been a cat the whole time. Right. You know, you know, scamming and scheming these mice, acting like, you know, he could be there, he's just a rat, you know, whatever. I'm not I'm not a cat though, so you can work with me, blah blah blah. He's been a cat the whole time. Right. Did you did you suspect that? Was that a surprise? Um, it was a surprise. I know I know it was something weird, but I didn't expect that. Yeah. So once he finds that out, Warranty sees him, they're like, You gotta get him, you know, they're trying to catch him and everything. And they do catch him. It's all he almost gets away, but he mm. drops his hat that his father gave him for Hanukkah. So he turns around to get it, to get it, and he stays just a little too long, and they get up. And uh, Tiger is guarding him, but it turns out Tiger, Tiger is a vegetarian. 
<laughs> he eats little fish from time to time, but he gave up all red meat, which right. I guess mice are red meat. <laughs> right. I guess so. And but, they find out they have uh, they have a lot of common, right? They like a lot of the same things. So they have a song about being friends and everything. Mm-hmm. He helps them escape. And um, oh, but before this, actually, after they after Fievel and Tony met Bridget, uh, Fievel actually stays with Bridget in a water tower or something, I guess. And he had the big hit song from this movie, which was somewhere out there. Uh, you know, somewhere out there, you know, whatever. It was a bit, it was Linda Rodstad and oh, I can't remember the other guy who sang who sang it. Oh, let's see, Linda, Linda Rodstad and James Ingram. I remember that being a big hit. Actually, it was like on the radio. Oh, okay. And um, so that's like you know we're under the same moon and everything. I know you're out there somewhere. So it's like a duet between Fievel and Tanya because she's the only one who believes he's still alive. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he meets the cast. He meets Tiger, and Tiger helps him escape. Tiger's Tiger's one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the good cats. Um, and Dom DeLuise was a pretty well-known actor and comic at the time. Yeah. He was probably the most well-known person on the cast outside of uh, Christopher Plummer. Who played the French pigeon? Yeah. Who has a French pigeon companion, ladies? <laughs> like, there were there were the uh, three uh, the three other birds that were like purple and pink and oh, blue and green. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's see. After they right, so I'm trying. I'm just watching. Something. I don't know why I'm all lost like this. <laughs> Oh, right. So Fievel knows they're going to meet at the pier. So he goes back to the pier, right, to, mm-hmm. uh, well, he's running, actually, because the cats are running after him because they saw that he escaped with Tiger. And so they're running after him uh, to get to the pier, to, and he's running to the pier because he knows where all the other mice are. However, the plan is for 6 a.m., and now it's like 5.45, like he's super early. Mm-hmm. And the plan is to have to scare the mice with this big, like, Trojan mouse they've built. That's gonna have like fireworks and smoke and stuff, and to have them run onto this boat that's headed for Hong Kong, um, and like they would show the boat and like play like some kind of stereotypical Asian music, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, please don't do something about Siamese or something. Like, don't make yeah. any jokes. Like, please. And they didn't. And I was like, oh God, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know. Because there are so many movies from this time that will make jokes like that. Like, if you go back and see, like, A Lady in the Tramp, mm-hmm. whole, like, I didn't know this growing up, but, like, the whole thing with the Siamese cat or depictions or supposed to be depictions of, like, Chinese people, mm-hmm. like, these stereotype kind of images they would draw, like, they would do with, like, Black people, too, you know, with the big nose and everything. They would do mm-hmm. the same with Chinese people with, like, buck teeth and all this other stuff, like, and, like, just, like, you know, crazy racist stuff. Right. And like growing up, I didn't know that. I thought these were just cats, and I just like they have a cool song. Like, mm-hmm. you know. But looking back at it, you're like, oh geez, oh god. Yeah. You- <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of problematic things um yeah. in cartoons back then yeah. that we didn't know nothing of because we were like, you know, small impressionable kids. Yeah, we didn't you know? 
I would have never made that connection, but yeah. Right. So I'm just really glad they didn't do it here. Yeah. Um, so they get they get there. The plan has to start earlier than they expected. And um, they have a, the, the big secret weapon of the Trojan mouse and everything, you know. Uh, I say mm-hmm. Trojan mouse. There weren't any mice inside of it, but it was just kind of like the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, this big, huge mouse to scare them. And uh, they they stop it because the boat's not there yet. And so they have to get, because they have to get the cats to run to the boat so that the cats leave. So by the time they stop it, the boat is there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. They have to try and restart it again. And uh, they're first they're not able to do it because they've tied these knights, these the knot to hold the uh, big mouse back. They've tied them so tight they can't get them mm-hmm. undone. And so Fievel gets a bit of the fire because you know Warren T is like, oh, I, you know, I work with you guys. You know, why we you don't you know don't do this whatever. We have business together, blah blah blah. And when the mice are like, no, we know you're a cat, you know. We're not going to work with you ever again. We're not paying you anything. He's like, okay, fine. He tries to set the place on fire. So Five will take some of that fire to loosen the ropes for the secret weapon. And it starts hitting the door. And like the lights start going red and green and blue. And there's smoke and everything. And the cats are afraid. And it eventually it gets to the door. And it chases them all the way to the boat. And they get on the boat for Hong Kong. Right. And so instead of just throwing them in the river, they send them to another country. They send them to another country. Because, like, <laughs> hey, some of these cats can sweat, apparently, you know. Right, right. So you're like, get them, send them to another country, another hemisphere. Please go ahead. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they just, they just want to live in peace, you know, mm-hmm. with the other vegetarian cats. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, what was it? Uh, Tiger says he really loves broccoli. Broccoli is his favorite. Mm-hmm. Yep, he did. So, and then after the cats like uh, are chased onto the boat, um, there's a big there's some of the stuff that got knocked around like during the whole skirmish is like a big old kerosene can, and uh, it it gets some of the little fire that's remaining, and of course, it explodes right. And mm-hmm. so they have to flee and everything. Um, but it also means the cats can't get back on that pier. <laughs> right, so right. they have to stay on the boat. And uh, during the fire, he's separated from his family because his family is there. Because they're always just this close together. Mm-hmm. So they get separated. And um, uh, the, the French pigeon and his fellow French pigeonette, right? <laughs> They they they're able to bring the family back together and also uh, include uh, Tiger with them. Mm-hmm. They 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 get Tiger by each paw and his tail, I think, <laughs> and like are flying him over to where they are. So they get they get they get reunited. I think like right by the Statue of Liberty or something. Oh no, they fly by the Statue of Liberty on the back of the pigeons, and the Statue of Liberty blinks at, winks at them. Yeah, and they're all together ready to. Trying to make their fortunes in America. Yeah, which, like you said, what are they going to be doing with money? So you know, I don't know. I figure <laughs> they probably just want to be able to like have enough cheese, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe cheese is their currency it's for the, the mice. Probably that would make sense. Yeah. You know, I don't know what these cats are going to do with these coins, but like, right. right. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that part either. But it was cute. Um, 
especially like when the um when the cockroach was trying to count the money yeah. under duress. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then he and then he's like, oh, when they're on the boat, he's like, I'm gonna have to learn how to count in Chinese. And so <laughs> he's like, gotta adapt, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. 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 We'll figure it out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, I grew up with this movie, mm-hmm. singing all the songs, right? Especially There Are No Cats in America. Like that one a lot. So what was it about this movie when you were a kid that um, drew you to it? I just liked the story. And then, you know, I liked that Fievel, even though, like, all these bad things are happening, he never gets, he gets sad a little bit, but never too too sad like mm-hmm. um he's and he never really stopped looking for his family even when he's you know in despair he's still able to make friends and connections and he's you know he doesn't give up to look for his family mm-hmm. yeah 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 i thought that was a cool part and then it has you thinking about like when um a lot of immigrants did come over if like stuff like this was how realistic it was to the story, mm-hmm. you know, even though it was told on a mice level and yeah. was told through children, like I'm sure a lot of this did happen where people were getting um, separated. Mm-hmm. It did. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Fievel is actually like the name is Steven Spielberg's grandfather's name. Oh, okay. Yeah, after him and everything. Um, but yeah, because like um, throughout history, Jewish people in Europe have been a target of lots of persecution, not just like World War II and the Holocaust and stuff before that. Um, mm-hmm. Even like going back to the bubonic plague, like when it was really big, uh, because um, places that were heavily Jewish, they had different customs as far as hygiene was concerned. So a lot of them ended up not getting the bubonic plague. And so they would be the focus of violence because of that. People come oh. up with all kinds of conspiracy theories about what Jews were doing to not get the plague. Right, right. Oh. Mm. Okay. Um, so what would, what would you say is like the biggest impact with this movie on you? Um, I would say I really like the song Somewhere Out There. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the whole idea, like, if, I mean, because, like, as a kid, like, uh, I would go, you know, you might go to somebody's house for the summer or whatever. You might go to camp for the summer whatever. You might be without your family for some reason. And as someone who really didn't have a sibling too much growing up, like, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm all alone. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, but you have a song kind of like that. It's like, no, we're under the same sky. You know, we're, we're still out there thinking about each other. You're not alone. So I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what made you choose this movie? Definitely my affiliation with it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I've seen it so many times. Um, mm-hmm. I do recall liking American Tale 5 was West better than this movie, but you have to start somewhere. So Yeah. Yeah, I do remember um, Five of Ghost West like being a big deal when it came out. Um course i don't remember this movie when it came out but i remember i remember seeing a lot a lot of promotion for philo goes west mm-hmm. yeah so that always stuck that always stuck out in my head yeah 
I do think Firewall Goes West is better. I think this one has some pacing issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for the audience it's supposed to be for. Yeah. Um, but I really like uh, the animation where when it's supposed to be like scary. It's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like being four or whatever, four or five years old to look at something like that and be like, oh yeah, that's that's a little, that's a little frightening. Like that big old rat you know, thing they build. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then like um, when he gets lost in the sewer, and there are all those um, like there's different kinds of like creepy crawlies after him. Like some are beetles, and some are cockroaches, and whatever. And yeah. the way they end with them is just like eyes and legs, and like just a, kind of like a moving mass. And like your face right now. <laughs> yeah, because <ugh. laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. effective. You know. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was effective. I yeah. like how they how they like you were saying how they use like some real history to like uh color the world that this is in. Uh mm-hmm. like you know, the whole thing with Jewish people in, in Europe having to leave because of persecution and people from all over the world coming to America and also like how some things they, some of the things they would find here once they got to America. Um like you could watch um oh what is it? Oh, Gangsters of New York and like see similar things happening yeah. in that movie too so yeah 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 um do you think that this movie could be remade in present day absolutely no doubt i think it could um i think it would definitely be different i think it would mm-hmm. need to be different just for modern audiences yeah um i don't know if it has enough like i don't know that it necessarily needs to be remade but you could make a movie that's similar super similar um yeah it probably doesn't necessarily need to be remade Mm -hmm. but like a live action would be live action yeah i think that would be kind of interesting um or uh i did see that they do they do this in a musical form yeah Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the original version was a musical. The original, what the original idea he had for this was musical. So, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. Because yeah. while it's it's not a musical movie, it mm-hmm. just has some musical it has scenes, a couple songs, right? Yeah, it has some songs. yeah, yeah. But I did see that they did make it a musical, so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can I can definitely see see that. Um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, probably, I would probably do it with humans, not necessarily mice, if it was live action. Oh, oh, you want to make them just human? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because um, I'm thinking live action mice. So. <laughs> no, 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 not live action mice. I would, yeah, that would be gross. I would never, but... <laughs> Yeah, to make, it make the story. Be, it would be studio mice. They have mice actors. Mm. No, that would creep me out. Everything. I hear I they make know. really great. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do anything. But yeah, no, I would. I would make them. I would make them actual people. If it was live action. Yeah, I think. But then, um, yeah, people think, having pushback. Yeah, I think it might be better to keep. Than mice. Um, I think you would need to change the story more if they were human. Mm-hmm. A lot more things you have to think about when they're human than when they're mice. Yeah, and then you have to be more serious because you're dealing with a serious matter. 
Yeah. And this is already serious enough to me for a kid's film. Yeah. Um, like sure. a lot of the, because I was looking at like some of the criticism about mm -hmm. when it came out. And a lot of it was like, this movie is so sad. <laughs> like, this movie is too sad for kids. Um, I didn't think it was sad uh, per se because it does have a happy ending. And we only it does got, have a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. We only saw like one casualty for real, for real. Well, Gene and uh, was it Gene Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs down because they felt it was too downbeat of a children's movie. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, it's a, they thought it was uh, way too depressing for young audiences. I was like, mm -hmm. well, everything isn't um, seen through rose-colored glasses. Sometimes you got to give kids um, a reality check. I don't, you know, and for me, it was just like, it wasn't, but it wasn't that dark. I, I, I never felt that it was like that sad or depressing as a kid. Like it's mm -hmm. got its sad moments, but like you said, it's a happy ending. Right. The mouse right. community comes together to get rid of the cat bullies and five will reunites with his family. Right. Right. So, and they don't, they don't kill a cat in the process. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like they have a few cute songs throughout it and everything, you know, the songs are hopeful. Yeah. You know, despite what's going on, so I think those are I think those are good for kids. Um, mm -hmm. They also criticize the fact that uh, they feel like they chickened out on telling the audience that the family is Jewish. Um, which, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, the first the very first scene, they uh, the the father is giving out gifts for Hanukkah, and like he gives his daughter a new abushka, and he gives his son. This hat that they've had in the family passed down, you know, through generations, and it's he says Happy Hanukkah, but they don't have like the light, the candles, or anything. Or, but I, I always knew they were Jewish. Okay, so with this initial scene, how can they have chickened out? Because who, who besides Jewish people, um, celebrate Hanukkah? I'm not sure. I think they just wanted like more clarification on it. Um, they wanted like, it in your face. They wanted like a a um a, a happy Hanukkah sign to be lit up in the background. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what they, they wanted. But I was like, the they could. Like they did not make a list, unfortunately. But like they could have the candles at least, because like if you miss that scene or you miss the dialogue, you could you would at least see those candles and be like, oh, I know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe something like that. Um, um, but I don't know. For me, growing up, I I don't know when I first knew, but I never thought they were anything other than Jewish. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. But, yeah. you know, maybe for the time, like, there weren't, like, a lot of animated things featuring folks who were supposed to be Jewish, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's much, I just... I don't know, um, but I feel like it'd be much more common now, right? Yeah. To, but like, because Disney in particular has a lot of issues with making their villains look uh, like a stereotypical Jewish kind of figure, um, all the way up until like Tangled, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they just want a little more, just a little more focus on that, you know? Yeah, I mean. I, I mean I get it because um people people expect for movies to just like spell it out for you. 
Mm-hmm. And that's probably where they were coming Especially from. Especially movies for kids. Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, if you were having a, a scene of Christmas, you wouldn't expect people to have Christmas without a Christmas tree. Right. Right. But you don't necessarily have to be Christians to celebrate, celebrate Christmas. Christmas. No. I just don't know nobody else that celebrates Hanukkah besides Jewish people. Yeah, me neither. But it is, again, it's one line, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no yeah. candles, so it is kind of blinking and miss it. Yeah. I mean, because I blinked and missed it. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember watching that scene as a kid and not understanding what he was saying. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I don't know what that means. Like, Right, right. And I mean, I guess I guess um when you look at the bigger picture of the story, then yes, you would need to know that they're Jewish. Mm-hmm. But as a kid watching it, knowing if they're Jewish or not doesn't matter. I think it would matter if you're Jewish, you know? Like but as a kid. Even as a kid, yeah. Like if you're five years old, I don't think you I don't think you would necessarily grasp the the plight of the Jewish person. No, you might not grasp the plight, but I think having it like kind of more clear and present that they are Jewish would be, would be, you know, would be good. Can't hurt. No, it can't hurt, but I don't think you would um, enjoy it, enjoy it any less. No, I don't think you would enjoy it any less. I think you could possibly enjoy it more, which when you have the opportunity, take it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can see that, I can see that. But um, for them to say, for them to make a big deal about it, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm not Jewish, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But I I can see where they're coming from when it's kind of like when it, you know they're mice, right? Um, there's and there's yeah. not a whole lot of other visual clues to the fact that they're Jewish, um, which right. you know. Is important to their immigrant story, so I can yeah. see that I can see where they're coming from with that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right, so we have our um, rating system. <clears throat> we have mo- one movie real trash AF, two it exists, three entertaining, four great, and five a true classic. So Maria, which which one will you choose? I would give this a three, maybe a three point five. Um, it's entertaining. Like, um, it's, I still watched the whole thing today. I wasn't like on my phone or anything when I was watching mm-hmm. it, which was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember the music. I still really liked it. Um, the, I think I think the animation looks really good. Like, mm-hmm. I like the style they've chosen. Is distinct, right? You're mm-hmm. not going to confuse this for any other film. Um, I like the voice actors a lot that they chose. I felt they worked really well. Um, I like the movie. I think it's still entertaining. I think it still has value. So, what did you give it, Lindsay? Um, I would give it a three as well. Um, it's it's definitely entertaining. It does keep you um, keep you focused on the story, and I mean, you can assume that we're gonna have a happy ending, but to see it was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it did have me googling a couple of things that I was curious about as well. So, what did you Google? 
Um, I googled the whole Statue of Liberty part. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I'm like, I knew it came over in the 1800s. I just didn't know when, and so that put things into perspective for me. And I didn't know, um, like we were saying before we got on um, live, I didn't know that there were issues that were making Jewish people come over here mm-hmm. before the Holocaust. So that was um, that was something that I learned from the movie. So yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, but yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing was entertaining. I will say that. Yeah, but again, for me, the second movie I think is better. Uh, mm-hmm. Five Goes West, and there are two other movies and a television series, but I have not seen any of those. So, okay. but. Um, it's wild. It's fun. Like all of that, you know, mm-hmm. from this movie in 1986. That because it's not even. It's not even like people talk about American Tale. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like other older animated films. So. Yeah. But it it found its audience, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it was a huge hit. I will say mm-hmm. that because the budget was nine million dollars and box office was eighty four. Yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. yeah. And it won an Academy wild. Award for Best Original Song for somewhere out there. Oh, it did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Golden Globe Award, Grammy. Mm-hmm. And a few others yeah. for somewhere out there. So, yeah, that was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this was, this was a huge... Um, oh, Hold on. Yeah, the I pulled up the accolades. Uh, yeah, it won. It won. Uh, oh wow, it won song of the year at the Grammys, and best song written specifically for a motion picture or for television. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then the Academy's best original song it was nominated. And ASCAP, yeah, ASCAP mm-hmm. Film and Television Awards most performed song, most performed songs from a motion motion picture, and most performed song from a film. They won mm-hmm. both of those. And then um, it was nominated at the Golden Globes for best original song motion picture. So yeah. It got a lot. It got a lot for that song. Yeah. yeah, I remember the song being very, very popular. Yeah. Like, probably more than the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that probably fueled the movie even more, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, and this was back in the time when they would have, like, adult stars sing the main mm-hmm. title for the track. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> that was um, American Tale. Yeah. All right. So what do you got for me, Lindsay? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um. Hmm. Let me. Um. Hold on. Let me check. Make sure it's still on there because you know stuff be moving around. 
Let's see. Do, 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 do. All right. Yeah, I came back with a uh, cold. Not COVID. No, not COVID. Just no spicy, no spicy cough. Just a cold. (coughs) Lord. Yeah, you know, I had such a time because um, um, I was like running to get to, uh, (coughs) excuse me, I was running to get to flights and missing flights and all types of stuff. Oh my gosh. I was in hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. So, Uh yeah, it was a mess. Um, Yeah, and it's not on here no more. Okay, so. All right, so something else. Um, let's, let me check this one. Hold on one second. Okay, yeah. Um, Sunset Park. <coughs> <coughs> Sunset Park, yeah. It's another basketball movie, but um, it has <laughs> it has Rhea Perlman in it and um, Fredro Starr and Terrence Howard. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Yeah. So. A sports comedy drama film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's on, um, it'll be on Tubi August 1st. On TV? So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep, so our next one will be Sunset Park. Sounds good. All right, so Maria, where can we find you? You can find me online anywhere and everywhere as Valar More Dollars. That is V-A-L-A-R-M-O-R Dollars. I'm also on another podcast called Nerdgasm Noir, where we talk nerdy geeky things with five other black ladies. So come by and kick out with us. Where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me everywhere at L underscore Renell. And also on my other podcast, The Ish We Talk, <clears throat> where me and my cousin, we talk about um, hot topics. <clears throat> what did you talk about this week? We talked about <laughs> the whole um, trans women and oh, Lord. Um, cis women debate about periods and so led to other things. To me. Okay. Yep, led to other things that led to other things that led to other things. And fun fact is that, you know, T.S. Madison got um, involved in the whole situation. Yeah. I've you know, I was on that. vacation with I've her. I've been following like, that. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I was over in Europe with T.S. Madison when it all popped off. So, yeah. Um, I wasn't in the room with her when she right. went. But, <laughs> but we were on vacation together. So, I was... So I just so happened to be in my phone and I was like, wait a minute. She didn't hit the blogs. This is 46 minutes ago when they posted this. What is going on? So, yeah. That's wild to me. Listen, anybody who can have a period and wants to have a period should and could have them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, at first, Please, when I take first mine. heard it, right, I was just like, okay. 
Um, I don't, it's not nothing that you gatekeep. It's just what it is. But then I heard more clarity on what mm. she was saying. She was, she was saying that like cis women can't gatekeep it because she's also talking about um, trans men and non-binary people. Mm-hmm. So when you add them, okay. But it's not about gatekeeping. It is what it is. Yeah. So. How can you and why? If you could, why would you? Like, I why? Yeah, I don't. Hey, if I can spread out my period to the masses, hey, okay. believe me, I Listen, would. Listen, I'll put my uterus on, on Uber right now. Like, what do you like that it's not it's not about gatekeeping but leave people yeah. alone to live the lives they want to live that's not hurting nobody good grief yeah yeah so we we talked about that and then also you know it led into another debate about the whole term cis woman mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't get yeah. that either like it's just it's just an adjective but the thing is is that um if i don't want to be called something don't call me it it's just an adjective though. Like it's not I, something to call somebody. It's something that just a uh, term for agreement. Right. And, and that very well may be true, but if another, if another group of people are asking you to call them by their pronoun and you have no problem with respecting what they want to be called, respect what the other person wants to be called as well. I never yeah, pronoun, think about it, but, yeah, the whole thing. I never like, tripped about that would it before. be like it's like somebody saying, "Don't call me Homo sapien." Well, people don't go around calling people Homo sapiens, though. But they do. I've never heard nobody be like, "You Homo sapien." Like I've never heard nobody. People, I mean, it's not like super a common thing culture, but people do. Yeah, I've never heard nobody do that. Not one time. Typically, you find it more in writing, but people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I'm telling you. Hey, don't call me that. I mean, it's just like how people, you know, use, this is an extreme example, but how people use the word bitch. I don't use the word bitch unless I'm like legit calling you a bitch. But the thing about that is that was, that was, that's also used as a slur. Sis is not. Right. That's what I'm saying. This this is why I prefaced it with, that's this is an extreme example. But nonetheless, if I ask you, don't call me that, don't be like, bitch, please. I'm gonna call you whatever I want to call you. No, because you don't want me to call you whatever I want to want to call you. So don't. So just respect me like I respect you. That's all it is. It's just all about respect at the end of the day. Nah, I can't because like every single time I hear somebody say that, it's usually somebody who's transphobic. It's never like, okay, well, what would you like to call? Well, for you to call you instead, and it's usually something that's very gender essentialist. So what do you mean? How how is that? How is that? Um, How's that homophobic or transphobic? No, not homophobic. How's that transphobic if I'm asking you not to call me a cis? I didn't say that it necessarily was, but every time I hear somebody say that, it's usually followed or preceding something that is transphobic. I've never heard anybody say that and not be transphobic. Okay. Okay. And in your in your um, experiences, that could very well be true. But I've seen people who have said who are who are um, like an ally to the community, mm-hmm. and is still saying, 
I don't want to be called a cis woman. But see, the thing for me is, if you want to be an ally, you wouldn't mind being called cis. Because it's just Why a not? designation of agreement that you agree with what you were signed as, as at birth. Right, right. And I get that. So if you're going to be an I, ally, I really you trans I've never people, had a problem with to people who are trans men and trans women, and they use trans men and trans women, why would you be like, oh, don't call me sis? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but with me, unless with me we're, unless we're just going to say, unless we're going to say, like, don't call anybody trans anything and don't call anybody cis anything. Everybody's just men or women and non-binary, unless we're going to say that. Yeah, and that, and um, T.S. Madison made that point in her, in her video or whatever. And like I said, like me personally, I've never had that issue with the whole cis thing, mm-hmm. but some people have, some people do have that issue. And whatever reason behind their issue is their reason behind their issue. My whole thing is, is that it, I feel like it's hypocritical that you are asking us to respect what you want to be called, but you can't respect what another person is to be called because not it's not just trans people that are having the issue with calling a cis woman a cis woman. It's other people, it's other groups that were having that issue and it had to take somebody to really break it down A to Z for them to be like, okay, I get it. I mean, if you want to get mad at that, you have to get mad at Latin and you have to get mad at, you know, sciences. Because it's not something that was just made up recently. Right. It's not something that was made up recently, but it seemed like it's starting to be used in the last several years. Yeah, like it's starting. I, it's only starting to be used in the last several years because uh, people who are trans, trans women, and trans men, their voices have been uh, elevated and finally heard. People are finally listening to them. And so, when you just think about, okay, what does being a trans woman, trans man, what are those definitions? Okay, what does it mean to not be trans? It means to be cis. That's why it's coming up recently. But it's to be. It's just suspect to me when people get offended by that. It's suspect. I, I don't think it's suspect. I just think it's just a matter of respect. Like no. respect, respect me for not wanting that to be what you label me as. Just like I respect you, you are. for not being the label. You are though. Yeah. And it's like it's like calling somebody, it's like if, if somebody was like, don't call me black, but you're black. Well, black is a color, and then you can go down that rabbit hole and be like, well, I'm not black. I am X, Y, and Z. But you know you're I mean? also black. <laughs> but you're still black, though. Yeah. It's the but, same. It works the same way. Yeah, but then you go down the whole rabbit hole, and then my whole thing is just respect. Like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change the way that people get paid. Like, your paycheck is still gonna be the same. It's not gonna hurt you. It's not gonna change the way you put your clothes on or flip a light switch in your house. Like nothing will change if you respect what somebody wants to be called. Yeah. The only thing about that, like, I mean, just like in any situation, there are certain things people say that let you know that they may not be safe. And when somebody says that, and if they're not following up with like, let's get rid of all of that and let's just call people, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Then you're suspect to me. I don't, I don't know how safe you are. If you have a problem with being called sis. Like, why is that a problem? You are, though. You even said that you are, though. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's just taking exactly what you said and then saying, oh, yeah, this is the word for that. What's the problem? 
a lot yeah. of times I see people who are like, call me biological this or natural that. And like, no, no, no. Because now you're transfer, you're you're getting into some territory here where you're yeah. about to, you know, discount other people's humanity. So, right, right, right. yeah, it's a dog whistle for me. Like, nah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can go down, you can go down those rabbit holes and it can get real, yeah. real touchy. Yeah. You know, so I I don't know. It's a, it's, it's just a for me. It's just a matter of respect. Like if somebody don't want to be called something, don't call them that. Period. If you want to be called something, call them that. You know. Yeah, that'll work until I find you disrespecting somebody's humanity based on who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm not going to respect you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean. I, I totally get what you're saying, but I'm I'm still gonna call like if somebody if like a trans person were to you know be disrespectful, I'm still gonna call them by their trans name. Yeah. I'm not gonna just flip and be like like if a trans woman were to were to just be mad disrespectful to me and their their woman name is Joan, I'm not gonna start calling them John. Because they're being disrespectful to me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, there are lots of other thing things you could say about Joan. You know, <laughs> a lot of things and still call yeah. him Joan. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not gonna give me. I, that's not gonna give me a free pass to be disrespectful in that manner. You know, like I, I wouldn't do that. But um, yeah, if I, you're I, out here, if you're out here dead naming Joan, then I'm gonna get disrespectful too. You said if you're out here doing what? Dead dead naming Joan. Dead naming? Yes. Oh, that's so what that's you call it, dead name? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I never heard that term. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Dead name. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what um, her motherfucking uh, <laughs> Tasha K was doing. That was terrible. Well, that was Tasha K got a lot of other things to worry about right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she she definitely do. She needs to concentrate, keep her eyes on her own paper. That's how she got in trouble in the first place. Yeah, but it just seemed like she just going for broke now. Like, <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Cardi's gonna get her money, so yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was um that was the discussion amongst other things was that yeah. that whole situation. So yeah. All right. Well, if you know if you like hot topics, you know where to go. Yep. 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 So we will see you guys next week when we discuss Sunset Park. Bye. All right. See you. Bye.